Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Batter's Box on WNSP Now. We're broadcasting from the WNSP studio in Dolphin Street in downtown Mobile, Alabama. Tonight, you're with Joey Warner, Joe Connick, and our special guest in the studio is Coach Tommy Walker. Coach, thanks for coming in and joining us, Coach. We're glad to have you back in the, in the, on the eastern shore in the Mobile area. Glad to be back, Joey. And thank you for coming in, and we're going to talk some really good baseball here for the, for the next hour. Joe, Joe Connick, my, my, my guest host, it's Joe and Joey, but it's actually Joe, Joey, and Tommy. You got not just the catcher's corner, but you got the catcher's corner with Tommy Walker, Joe Connick, and Joey Warner. We got three catchers in the house tonight. Joe, how you doing, buddy? Man, doing great. Man, I was on the way down here. I got to tell you this, all right? I was on the way down here, stopped by the chapel over there at St. Mary's, and they got like a lock on the door, right? So I was just going to go in there and say a few prayers, right? Well, the lock on the door will let me in. I turned around, some priest come walking across the street. You trying to get in there? I said, yeah. He goes, well, the code is so-and-so. Go ahead. A little divine intervention, baby. It's always happening, Joe. Always. It's always happening. I, I, you know, and that's a great thing. You know, we, we, we're, we're not getting any younger, any of us. And Tommy's a premier example of, of being in the right guy for the right job. And, and welcome back, Coach. Hey, and we want to talk about, in a little while, uh, we're going to have Jody Daniels on. Mm-hmm. Joe's got that lined up. We're going to call Jody Daniels and talk to him. Our producer, Michael Brauner, is behind the glass. He's getting us started. Nick Wiggins is going to come in. He's over there with John Ricchetti doing his golf shows at Felix's Cat Felix's Fish House. Not Catfish House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we want to take a moment of silence right now, y'all. Um, Cat Certain. Uh, 92 Zoo radio broadcaster that did thousands of shows with his jazz on Sunday mornings passed away unexpectedly yesterday and he's done great things for, for the Mobile community with music and uh, our, our condolences go out to Cat Certain and his family and God bless his soul. You're listening to the batter's box on WNSP now. We have Coach Tommy Walker and Joe Connick in the house. Coach Walker, I'm going to talk a little bit about Coach Tommy Walker. Uh, he, he he went to Ocean Springs High School, and I think you're a 1977 graduate? Yes, sir. Was a, was a catcher, infielder, outfielder, utility man. Most of us catchers could play most positions. We end up doing good things as far as knowledge on the, the ball field. It, it, that's just it's historic. But Coach Walker had a good career at, at, at Ocean Springs, and then he went on to play at Gulf Coast Junior College and, and then to, to Montevallo University. And, and then he got into his own coaching and uh, even started out at Mississippi State University. Was Coach Polk, Ron Polk there at that time? Yes, I was a grad assistant under Coach Polk. Right, and then, and then went on to Samford University, and young, very young coach. I think that was 1982. I was, I was 28 years old, and I was a Division One head coach. Wow, and I think you took over a team that had lost 49 games the year before, the most in the entire nation. Correct. And, uh, and yeah, <laughs> went on to win 87 games there. And, and, and yeah, I'm correction of 187 games and that's pretty good for a young coach like that joe's got some stories about that in a few minutes but and then coach you you in your coaching career you continued on and and 
you've spent time with Tim Becker here in Mobile. Uh, you've, you've coached at Bayside Academy. You've, uh, you, you've just recently came from your alma mater. Uh, I keep wanting to call them Greystone because it's the Greyhounds. Yeah, Greyhounds. Ocean Springs Greyhounds just last year. And you've coached at Vestavia Hills, did wonderful things there. Mountain Brook, Homewood. Those are three of the premier high schools in the Birmingham area. And last but not least, you started the program at Spanish Fort back in 2006, I believe, with mm-hmm. eighth and ninth graders. And and you won 201 games and three consecutive state championships in 2010, 2011, and 2012. That is unknown to this area and, 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 and comparative around the state and around the nation, I'm sure. And, Coach, in, in those three seasons – and those three championships, I think you played six games and outscored opponents like 45 to 14 and never trailed in none of those six games. So that was pretty dominant. Yeah, 42 innings, we were never behind. That's cool stuff. <laughs> Welcome back home, Coach. I just gave you some credentials of a, of a, of a guy that, that it's, that's done wonderful things for high schoolers and collegiate players all through the, across the state of Alabama and into Mississippi. And, Coach, thank you for coming in. And, and oh, awesome being here. Well, tell us, Coach, t- tell us when you took the job. You took over for J.D. Pruitt, who moved on to Coastal, Alabama, who was former Faulkner State. Coach Pruitt's done an outstanding job, and you're taking over a program that's in pretty good shape. Talk about that, Coach. Well, I, I, I was very happy at Ocean Springs. It was the alma mater. I thought it was going to be my last job and was not looking to, to leave at all. And once it looked like J.D. was leaving – Coach Smith, the athletic director and head football coach, called me and wanted to know if I was interested and uh, put a package together. And when I started looking at it, my wife started looking at it, we kind of went, this is pretty good. And it's three minutes from my house as opposed to an hour every day. And 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 just the chance to come back home, to come back where I haven't left. We still have the same house for 18 years. But just to come back and kind of take over the program that I was – that I helped build, you know, 18 years ago is really pretty cool. It really is. And I, I got to give the kudos to the athletic director, Chase Smith. Way to go, coach. Uh, you did a great job. You hired the right man. All this does, I mean, you lost a good coach in J.D. Pruitt, but all this does is strengthen Baldwin County High School. And, and I try to stay involved with the Mobile County, Baldwin County High School as much as I can. And, coach, we're going to have a good time following the Toros this year or next year, I should say, and, and I know y'all are getting the program started as it goes. Joe Connick, you, you're really close to Coach Walker, has some good stories. Oh, yeah. Pitch in right there. Come off the bench, Joe. I'm <laughs> off the bench, man. I was waiting for the pitch to serve it up so we could do something here. But if you don't know, I am uh, indebted to Tommy Walker for the life I live right now because back in, what was it, 1988, uh, whenever uh, – trying to figure out where the next place to play was, was living down in Panama City and got an uh, offer to come and try out at Montevallo. And the coach up there said I wasn't good enough to play there, but thought I could play a little bit. And it just so happened that I had a, uh, a short conversation with his good friend, Ron Potter, who had taken over at Patrick Henry Junior College the night I was walking out the door of graduating from Patrick Henry Junior College. And he said, I got a friend who just got the job at Sanford University. Well, I'd never heard of Sanford University before. It wasn't a well-known college. I didn't think anyway. And so uh, when I left out of there, I was just like, all right, thanks, coach. 
graduated, got my 100 bucks, moved down to Panama City. And then, uh, lo and behold, like I said, I get the call to go to Montevallo. And when they said I couldn't play there, they said, where would you like for us to send your name? And I said, well, uh, send it over to Sanford University. And then uh, Coach Reisner called Coach Walker, and the rest is history. I got a chance to play a little bit more and uh, get into the teaching and coaching and then now as an assistant principal. But, man, this is just a great day in the old history of journeys and whatever. And, and I look forward to hearing uh, just a few things. Uh, Coach, I got to know, what was it that inspired you to go into the coaching profession in the first place? From the start, you know? I love math, and I was going to be an engineer. And so I was on the coast of Mississippi, and I went to this engineering dinner for all the future engineers. And I went there, and I sat with a guy that was um, – he was a consultant for a sewer company. And so I walk out of that deal, and I'm going, that ain't happening. I'm out. <laughs> and so I loved baseball. My dad was a coach. I'm a legacy coach as well he coached early on in his career I never knew him as a coach but he was a superintendent of schools and so when I that's just what I wanted to do and I think just the Lord called me to do that that's the only thing it could be because you can't be here 41 years if the Lord didn't call you to do this and all my buddies are retiring at 63 and I'm taking on a new job and a new job in in a two-year period yeah well so that's it that was a great is a great calling yeah brothers and sisters six Five brothers and sisters, six of us total. Really? Any of them go into the teaching or coaching? Three, three out of six were teachers. In so, the blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all in there. So out of uh, you come out of Montevallo, you get a grad position at where? Well, I start out. I, I get a job at at Homewood High School. Okay. I'm first male math teacher they ever hired. First new teacher they'd hired in ten years, and so uh, I go to Homewood. Didn't know anything. I had energy, passion. After two years, Coach Reasoner called me, asked me to come back as his assistant. And uh, in talking with Gerald Gann, who was the head baseball coach and head football coach at the time, he said, well, Tommy, I don't want you to do that. I want I want to make you the head baseball coach. And I'm 25 years old. And it didn't go well with the community because I was crazy back then. I was loud and abusive almost. And that just, was good coaching. And just, that was good there, coaching, just Tommy. A lot I mean, of, Joe knows that as well yeah, as I do. A lot of chewing back then. And, uh, as we but, call it, the dark side of coaching. But Gerald, you know, he, he kind of let me fail a little bit. And then I just watched him and started changing a little bit. Uh, then was able to, three years later, I go to Mississippi State as a grad assistant. And, you know, I've been blessed with guys I've worked for. My high school coach, Steve Tomaszewski, we just named the field after him last year in Ocean Springs. He's in the Hall of Fame. I paid for Curly Ferris. At, I, re, I got cut by Boo Ferris, who was the head coach at Delta State. He's in the Hall. He's in the Mississippi Hall of Fame. Then I go play for Coach Ferris. He's in the National Junior College Hall of Fame. Then I go play for Bob Reasoner. He's in the NAIA Hall of Fame. And the Alabama Bates Ball Coaches Hall of Fame. And then I get to go work for Ron Polk, who's one of the most legendary coaches in, in the world. So to say I've been under really good people, there's very few people that have had the the lineage that I go through in coaching. I mean, because they're all different, but they're all very successful, and they won, and they're all in the Hall of Fame. Well, Coach, you're in, you, in 2014, you were inducted to the Alabama Baseball Coaches Hall of Fame, very, very honorable 
notice right there. And in 2018, Spanish Fort and the Baldwin County Halls, Halls of Fame and probably other Halls of Fame. So, so you're including every coach that you just mentioned. And when, when they talk about interviews with, with, with their careers, they're using your name as Hall of Fame coaches. And that's, 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 that's good stuff, Coach. Well, I mean, Hall of Fame, you coach long enough, you may get in like one or two. But the resume I've got, no one has my resume. I mean, I've been, I've got three state championships as a head coach. One's an assistant. One's an assistant football coach. I'm in three Hall of Fames. I've been fired twice, and so I've had a. It's been good. It's been bad. And I'm not as good as I was when I'm in the Hall of Fame and the state championship coach. I'm not as bad as I was when I got fired. <laughs> and so it's just kind of a. You like a, Toby? You like listening to Toby Keith, don't we? <laughs> you just, you just keep I, going. I follow that all <laughs> the time. Here I am. Because you live in old country song. <laughs> Hey, I live by it too, man. I'm not like I used to be either, but it's still in there. It's still in there, you know. Y'all know that. I mean, I just do what I think is best, and if it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, I'm okay with that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make decisions I think are best for our program and for our kids, and I try to put them first. But some places, it doesn't work, and that's I'm I'm cool with both of them. I had a great time at Mountain Brook. Had a great time at Vestavia. Had great players, great kids. Really good parents. It just didn't work out in the community, and I'm totally good with that. Mm-hmm. Well, when you left Bayside, you said you said that that just wasn't the place for mm, good you. Good place, yeah. great place. Yeah. It just was not a fit for me, um, personality wise, or and it, it was just I, I was much better fit in the public system, and 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 really at McGill Tulin because McGill Tulin was awesome to me. And I had a great time working for Tim and. My first year there, we had Bubba Thompson was our center fielder. Yeah. Jalen Tarver with the Cowboys was in left, and Nate LaRue, who just finished a career at Auburn, was in yeah. right. That was our outfield. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Well, That's you know, strong. you mentioned yeah. LaRue. Uh, when did he move to catcher? I mean, because he was an outstanding catcher at Auburn. And he caught his senior year. We had a, we had a junior that was pretty good, and um, he just caught. But Nate could play right, and they pitched. They could do about anything. Nate was drafted, I believe, out of out of, maybe out of high school. I, I, he, was, he was drafted by the Blue Jays, and then he just signed with the Blue Jays, and he's in the Florida State League right he, now. He did sign. Mm-hmm. I am so proud for that, man. That is mm-hmm. great. That is awesome. It's another guy for you to follow. Yeah, for us, us to follow. That's, us that's, to follow. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's a, but um, anyway, uh, you mentioned Montevallo, and tell you a quick story. Uh, we could have been teammates. I should have. I was going to bring the brochure. I've got a brochure that I got in 1981. I rode up to Montevallo University with Danny Jennings, Chuck Phillips, Robbie Gushnard, who was your teammate, mm-hmm. Goose. and and Chuck Phillips' daddy. And we were in like a Volkswagen Rabbit. And I sat there in the corner back there, you know. And here we were, man. We about a three-hour ride drive, and we got up there. And Coach Reesner was great. And of course, Robbie helped. Do do the BP pit throw, and it was a trial for for me and Chuck and and Danny, and he took us up in the press box after you know after the tryout, and he talked to us, and and he he I think he was offered all three of us a half a scholarship. You know how mo- baseball gets the rudest deal with with scholarships. It's it's horrible. Eleven point seven. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, but here here I was, and ended up going to Faulkner, but but I. I remember y'all had some really good players. Uh, I think, um, oh gosh, was it Wesley Emanuel? 
Was he, or did he play at Troy State? I think he, he didn't play at Montevallo. He was at Troy State. He had a guy named Bo Bailey, Joey Bailey. I think he was pretty good too. Had a Danny black, Bailey, Danny, Danny Bailey. and Danny and David Bailey, and Greg Page. I think was a good player too. It was. He was, it a, was a Greg Key an outfielder. He Greg Key, tremendous. Greg Key. Mm -hmm. Yes, great players. Because I studied that brochure, and I would have loved to played for Coach Reisner. I mean, and you know, and 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 and. As a minor leaguer, as a pitcher, he once went twenty and zero mm -hmm. on the mound. That's unheard of, practically. But, right, right. But that that must have been a good career, uh, and good baseball up there at Montevallo. It you. was really good. Now I, I had to walk on. I walked on at Delta State my freshman year. Good program in Mississippi. Cut. I was the last regular to get cut, and so then I left there and went to Perk and played for a year and a half. Started about half the time, and then uh, did my tryout just like you did. Didn't get offered a scholarship. He just said. I want you on our team. I just don't have any money for you. And I said, I don't need money. I'm fine. I'll, I'll, I can get academic money. I can do. I can get work study grants. I can get grants. And I went. I went to college in Montevallo on Pell Grant. Right. Basically. And he gave me a little bit of money after the first semester. But it. But back then it was eighteen hundred dollars to go to school. Oh yeah. Is all it was <laughs> to go to Montevallo. I probably had four or five hundred bucks I got from baseball. <laughs> Not much, but it was. It helped. All right, so how was it then, If it, just to take you back where you were, so you you got your coaching gig, you're, you're at Homewood, you're doing your thing, mm -hmm. and then you go to grad assistant. You know, surely financially that was a kind of tough thing where you were kind of set up coaching and teaching, and then you go to the grad assistant, you're getting your master's, I guess, in math, you're learning more coaching things. So how is it that you go from Montevallo and end up at, at uh, Mississippi State? Um, you know, I went from Homewood to Mississippi State. Homewood. Yeah, okay, uh, right. Montevallo didn't. Uh, I turned that down and became the head coach at at Homewood. Okay. And basically, I went for Helen. And I lived. We got married, and then moved to Starkville. Okay. And back then, it was not near like it was. It's pretty stark back then in nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> When we moved. It's not start wasn't start Vegas back then. I no. think that's what they call it. No. <laughs> I just want to say this, Coach. Your wife Helen, very beautiful woman, mm -hmm. way out of your league, dude. Big time. <laughs> Big time. Major out of my league. It's done wonders. I gotta for give you. it to you, dude. It's done right wonders on. for you. I, I I don't know that. I don't know her, but I I can imagine it's done great things for you too, yeah, 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 yeah. Well well, I had a grad assistantship. All my school was paid for. Right. And then I got three hundred and fifty dollars a month. Okay. Then Helen got a grad assistantship. They didn't pay for her school, and she got six fifty a month. So we lived on about a thousand dollars a month. All right. Our house was three hundred fifty dollars that we we rented, um, and it we were twenty seven. We didn't know any better. It was fine. It was just, and then the Lord opened the door for Sanford's job. Basically, a job nobody wanted. That's how it came to be. Mm -hmm. Who came to you first about saying go to Sanford University? Larry Jean Grosso. They offered Larry the job. He was the head coach at Barry High School at the time. He ended up being the head coach at UAB, and he was at CAC for a while, and then he was head coach at UAB. But they offered Larry the job, and I said, Larry, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to come with you. And he goes, Tommy, don't have any money. He said, I'll figure it out. You know, because I want to be a I want to be a college coach. I just I was willing to do that. The Lord had different plans, and then Larry turned it down, and they came back to me and offered me the job. Twenty-two-five, baby. You know, <laughs> division, division one head coach and made twenty-two-five and had a three thousand dollars assistant coach. There you go. For uh, nine years, I had a three thousand dollars assistant coach. That's it. Yep. Rich, uh, who was that first assistant? Come on. Come we on. had Richard Williamson. Richard. Williamson, he had just yeah. finished playing. He had just finished. Uh, his finished eligibility at UAB. He yeah. played for us when I was at Homewood. Yeah. And um, and I had like 
11 assistant coaches in nine years because you couldn't pay them. You know, they were one year and out. Yeah. And I coached whatever I needed to. Right. If I had a pitching coach, he was a pitching coach. If I had a guy that did the infield, I did the pitching. I did whatever I had to do. So you get the job, and mm -hmm. when did it – were you soon enough into the season, or were you scrambling for recruits, or what What exactly – how did you approach the college, you know, coaching? Because you knew you had some coming back from a 9-49 and 49 season. 8-49, and and yeah. 8-49 season. Oh, it was a record. And then I think they were 10-50 and 50 the year before that. So legendary stories of, you know, getting in a fight. Uh, before the game during batting practice and uh, oh, a yeah. character named Dr. Love out there or something like that. Uh, you're not going to believe this, Joe. I had nine players returning. That's it. Okay. Nine on the whole roster. They all they all went. Had nine. Right. And it was like middle of July or middle of June when I got hired. That's what I was saying. You're late into the game. Oh, I'm, so, I'm yeah. June 1st getting yeah. hired. And I got nine players. So I get on the phone and I start calling. And I start calling every junior college I could find. I'd call them. I'd call their coach. I don't think anybody left. If they said yes, I'd find somebody they played. I'd call that coach. If he said they're good, I offered him on the on the on the on the bump that fast. And then Doug Sisson called me about you, and he said, "Tommy, he's a good player. He's he's not quite for us, but I think you'll take him." So. I said, okay, bring him up. So I brought Joe up, offered Joe $2,000. <laughs> because my dad was with me negotiating this hard line of money that, uh, you know, that dads do for you. And I signed two catchers. I signed another kid from Wyoming. Right. He was a junior college kid out from the Midwest. And, and Lord, Joe and him became fast friends. Oh, yeah. Competitors, but friends. Oh, sure. You know. They changed the whole – those two changed the whole culture of our program. Talking about this guy named Tim Hogan, uh, it's a funny story because he was playing at PJC. Yeah. And I remember seeing him driving around his little Suzuki Samurai, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, then for him to come up there and for us to become friends, it was just, you know, all those guys, you know, it was just, we felt like a band of misfits, mm -hmm. I guess, that got a chance to play. And then we come out of the gate, you know, and we, we beat Tennessee State, and then we get on the bus and come down here and play South Alabama. Come on, man. They had paid us to come down there right. and play them so they could beat us up. And we ended up taking one from them. Beat I mean, them 7-2. Right. And Kittrell, <laughs> Steve's still mad about that today, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. I mean, you lose man. 49 games, you're not, you're not supposed to. So we come out of the gate, we, we sweep Georgia Southern on the road, I think it's on the road. Yeah, we sweep Georgia Southern. Um, or, no, beat them two out of three. Mm -hmm. And so, we're leading the conference. And and next thing you know, we're 12 and 17 and playing pretty well. And But they weren't expecting us to win. Our deal was just stay close, fellas. If, they, if we stay close, they're going to panic. They're going to choke. And we're going to beat them at the end. Right. And when we stayed close, we won most of them. Right. And then about the last third of the year, those teams kind of – they turned the – Oh yeah, <laughs> turn the screws up, and we just weren't quite good enough to to stop it. That's right. So we yeah. ended up winning seventeen games the first year, which doubled the previous two Lost records. 30, where we felt pretty good about. But that. I felt really yeah. good about it. <laughs> you, you have to. And then the next two years, you know, we went twenty three and twenty five, and win the Western Division of the conference in the third year. So we we built it really pretty quickly. Yeah. But it was Joe and those just those grinders who did it. You know, those guys who just grinded it out every day. Dude, we just had good times, man. We would have these legendary gatherings over at my apartment <laughs> that turned out to be the place to go to on Friday and Saturday night because we didn't have any money.
You listen to the Batters Box with Joey Warner, Coach Tommy Walker, and Joe Connick. Joe and Joey and Tommy. We're going to be getting another catcher on the line in just a few minutes. Jody Daniels, former Davidson High baseball player, Faulkner State, South Alabama, just a great guy. And then we'll have four catchers in the house, Danny Jennings. So it's not Joey Warner in the catcher's corner. It's all four of us tonight. But, Coach, we got a couple more minutes. There's many players that's played under you that's went to the college level at, on a high school at a high school mm-hmm. and from the college level into the made it to the major leagues. Talk about some of those players that you've coached. Well, been there's been two. There's been Wendell McGee from Sanford. Uh, Wendell was a football baseball player. He got cut all three years in high school. Never played high school baseball. He played for the old Hasbro Black Sox, and for some reason he didn't make the high school team. And then he went to junior college. Played at Pearl River for a year, came in with us, and Wendell was a man. In his fifth year to play organized baseball, he played in the big leagues. I mean, he was – he hit it so far. When we would take batting practice, typically when we'd take batting practice for the game, the other team would just go in the locker room and no way watch. When we had Wendell that year, they stayed and watched because he hit balls as far as you've ever seen anybody hit them. Then the other one's Bubba Thompson from McGill. I got to get a chance to coach him, and those are the two best I've ever coached. And Bubba's just specimen, unique, hardworking man, and it, it was it's been it's been awesome. You know, Bubba's Bubba's came up last year as one of the fastest players in the big leagues, mm-hmm. and we were hoping that this year would be his year. But hey, Texas is Texas is tearing it up, and and they just called him back up just a few weeks ago, but they sent him back down. Mm-hmm. At, and so, but, but his day's coming. His day's coming. He's going to be a star in the major leagues. I honestly believe that. But, uh, and, you know, with the others that you've sent on to college, you just, you've done, you've done extremely well by, by helping players progress. And, and, and right now, Joe and Tommy, we have got Jody Daniels on the line. So we're going to see what coach Jody Daniels has to say. Jody, are you with us, buddy? I'm with you, Joe. All right, man. We've got four catchers, three in the studio, and we've got one on the phone. And, Coach, I keep calling you Coach because that's what you are. You know, I'm not a coach, but I'm, I always associate myself with coaches. So, But anyway, thanks for coming on. It's, it's really good. You had an outstanding career at, at Davison and and went on to Faulkner State and on to South Alabama, played with Coach Stanky and just – a a slew of tremendous ball players and uh, thanks again for coming on coach well thank you buddy i'm i'm proud to 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 that you asked me i hope i don't i you know mess it up somehow but uh uh i love what you guys are doing for the game and and uh certainly certainly appreciate uh, uh everything you do so thanks for having me i i really appreciate it we got coach tommy walker here with us and tommy's coming back to, to spanish fort and, and of course joe connick he, he's 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 the mobile mobster. We're we're both we're all mobsters. We're all mobile mobsters. Yeah. We're trying Joe, Joe Joe Connick. Joe Connick. Are you are you are you any is it uh, in there country music stars? Are you related to that? Uh, you mean Harry Connick Jr.? Uh, yeah, my third co- my third cousin that I well, never Joe shook Connick, hands with. Tell you, Joey, obviously one of my favorite people. He he uh, he is labeled as my catcher. Because he was my catcher when when I was a coach, and so um, I have great respect and love for Joe Connick. So um, I'm glad to do this and have Joe 
overboard. Well, Coach, you know, it was an honor for me the other night to realize what an influence Coach Henry Crenshaw was on both of our lives and uh, kind of almost like a generational thing with the, uh, you know, I guess the love for coaching just from uh, the examples that were passed on. As I'm, I'm sure Coach Crenshaw passed it on to you as you pass it on to me, just those people that are what I'll call kind of tour guides in your life that inspire you to go on and do, you know, whatever you did. And I, I'm just very fortunate that, you know, your coaching stint, uh, I did get to cross paths with you uh, for the time you were a coach at Davidson High School and uh, get to pass on some things to us uh, old catchers. Sitting in a room with four catchers, we could go on and on about the position changing. <laughs> but uh, Well, first... I can tell you this. I'm the smallest one out of all four of us. I guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> so gritty. But, Coach, uh, we cannot get off the show. you got to tell us. How you got your first scholarship at Faulkner, I think it was Faulkner State. Well, Joe, I told that story at your gathering, I guess, a couple of years ago. And uh, as embarrassing as it may be, it's a true story. You know, in 1976, I was the catcher uh, for Davidson High School and a proud catcher who had uh, played uh, uh, two years under Ronnie Powell, who um, – you know, I can't even begin to tell you the respect I have for, for Ronnie and the love, but what he taught me uh, both, you know, as a player and, and as a human being. With that said, you know, my ambition, my, my uh, objective was to, to, to get a scholarship and to play ball at the next level. And uh, um, I had a good senior season. I don't want to pat, sit here and pat myself on the back, but I had a good senior season and I had a few letters in the mail um, um, but then I got a, a letter from Mississippi State wanting me to come and, and meet with Ron Polk. And so Ronnie Powell uh, gathered myself and Keith Moeller up, and, and you guys probably know the name Keith Moeller, uh, just a, a, an outstanding talent, uh, both at South Alabama for four years and then went on with the Dodgers to play as well. But Keith and I and Coach Powell went up to Mississippi State and um, – they took us around the campus, and uh, I'm thinking maybe I'm going to get a chance to play Division One baseball. And um, uh, Coach Polk had Keith and I both come in separately into his office and brought Keith in first. Keith had the meeting with Coach Polk, and then, uh, of course, I, I followed. And in my meeting with Coach Polk, he thanked me for, for being there. And I was in awe, by the way, at Coach Polk and Mississippi State and his office and just the chance, just maybe the, the slight chance that I might get offered a scholarship. Well, with that said, he, he went on to tell me that they only signed junior college catchers. And so that sort of, you know, uh, disappointed me in, in, in a lot of different ways. And it was a long trip back. Um but when I got back, you know, I had a couple of offers from junior colleges that were a little bit further away than I wanted to be. Lurley B. Wallace, which was a great place to play, and Lusia was a little bit further away from my mother than I wanted it to be. You know what I'm saying? So um, um, I, I didn't have anything uh, anywhere closer. But the following week, Ronnie Powell came to me and says, you know, Faulkner State's playing Patrick Henry. You want to go over and see him play? I said, sure, I'd love to. He said, Coach James, Stan James, wants to invite us over and uh, let me know if I'm good. I'm too lengthy here, guys. But um, we went over on Saturday to watch Patrick Henry and, and Faulkner State play. 
And in the middle of the game, um, Coach James looks up in the stands and calls Ronnie Powell over and says, Coach, you think your, your, your catcher, Jody, might be able to come down and catch the bullpen with our pitcher who's getting ready to go in? I think they had lost a catcher or somebody got hurt and wouldn't know if I could come out of the stands and come catch the, the, the next pitcher up in the bullpen. Well, I said, well, sure, I'd be glad to do that. And I don't have my, my, my mitt. And, um, in those days, you know, it wasn't mandatory like today where if you get in a bullpen, you're catching a, you know, catching a live pitch that you put your mask on. I just sort of did some soft toss with this lefty, you know, before he was going to go in the game, I borrowed a mitt. And the bullpen is right next to the dugout in the stands. So it's a Saturday, it's a sunny day, and a lot of people there. A lot of locals playing. So we sit play soft toss, and all of a sudden the guy says, you know, squat down. Well, in these days at Faulkner, over the home plate, they had two iron posts and, and strings attached that would depict the, the, you know, straight over the plate, outside corner, inside corner. Well, I'd never seen that before. It's sort of messing with me. You know, these strings that are attached depicting the strike zone. So when he told me to squat down and to receive the first fastball, I did, and I received it sort of messed with me. The second one I lost track of because of the string, and it caught me between the eyes and just knocked me out, okay, knocked me to the ground. And, of course, everybody went crazy. The game stopped. Uh, Ronnie Powell came down. I'm bleeding from the nose, and I'm I'm sort of you know oozy. I don't know if I got knocked out or what, but I was hurt. And when I came to, I have Ronnie Powell, who you all know, about six inches from my face. Now in those days, if you know Ronnie, he knew he had a chew in his mouth. Okay, and um, he was right there in my face when I opened my eyes. And he says, uh, Jody, are you okay? <laughs> I said, well, Coach, I don't know. That one hurt me. I said, what happened? He says, well, Jody, he says, you just got plucked between the eyes in the noggin from a, a, from a lefty who's throwing about 82, two-seamer, hit you right in the noggin and knocked you out son. And I'm thinking myself, first of all, I've blown it, okay? The stands, everybody's going crazy. Everybody's worried. But Ronnie, in his own way, says to me on top of that, but don't worry, buddy. He says, because I got good news. And he's right in my face. He says, they're giving you books and tuition. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, they, so, they had dormitories over there, too. <laughs> that's a great and from story. There, a week later, uh, Joey and Joe and guys uh, uh, signed with Faulkner State. Had real, two really good seasons there. Uh, don't know if they signed it because of my talent or because they were worried that, you know, I might sue them or whatever. <laughs> but with that said, uh, it went on to lead to, to bigger and better things. And so it's a great story, but, but uh, fun to revisit. Yeah, man. So you go on to uh, you go on to South after that. Um, did you walk on with them, or did they sign you a scholarship to play for Eddie Stanky? 
No, I actually, after my second year at Faulkner, I signed with Sal. Um, had two pretty good years at Faulkner. And again, don't want to pat myself on the back, but was proud of my, my efforts and the fact that my parents were going to be able to see me play, you know, uh, close to home. Uh, had a chance to play in a couple of World Series, the Advanced Bay Blues World Series during one summer where we came, we were runner up. Uh, you know, played against Ron Pelletier. You guys know Ron uh, up, um, in Kingston, North Carolina. We came in, uh, we came in second. And then the next year was uh, recruited by uh, Eddie Stanky's son, Mike Stanky, to play in the Dizzy Dean League, where we went on to 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 uh, win the, the Dizzy Dean World Series. And so, uh, you know, a couple of events that happened in my life that were successful sort of led, I guess, to to me signing with Sal and uh, spent the next several years uh, playing for Coach Eddie Stanky and Jim Crawford. And, and uh, yeah, eventful, no doubt. Yeah. And so uh, just to go back a little bit, because this is the first time I'd heard it whenever you had a chance to talk with Coach Crenshaw. What was the name of the guy that you won his award for the, the Hustle Award or something like that? Well, that's when I was in the eighth grade and, and um, at Azalea Road Middle School. And um, we, we, you know, I was, he, I was on his basketball team, but, but on his baseball team as well. And I got the Oris Etheridge Oris Hustle Etheridge. Award. And that to me meant everything. And I didn't know Oris Etheridge, but as Coach Crenshaw told you and I on the phone the other day, Joe, he was a, a exemplary young man who uh, sort of exemplified. Uh, effort and attitude and uh, everything that it takes to, to sort of be a good teammate and, 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 and player in those days. And, and Boris, uh, I think, contracted cancer, had an uh, amputation, and eventually passed away. And so um, I knew I knew that there was a, um, a meaningful story behind that. As an eighth grader, I don't think I, I knew the impact of that, but as you and I experienced the other day with our conversation with Coach Crenshaw, um, it, it was very meaningful. It means more now than it ever did. So, sure. yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Well, look, um, I got to say this, Joe, and I know we're getting close to this. No, you're fine. Uh, well, we're, Go good. Ahead. we're good. Well, look, I'm sitting here with, with two guys that made huge impacts in this journey of uh, this guy who probably didn't deserve the journey he's had. But when we came down to play South, Coach, you got me in the lineup against South. And when you said I was going to get a chance to DH, I immediately went to the press box and called Coach Jody Daniels to see if I could. I was like, I'm in the lineup, man. You got to come to the game, you know. And then I guess you were there when we beat them 8-4, to four, which was historical in itself. I wasn't there, and it means the world to me that you would call me, by the way. Oh, you on, know, man. people underestimate the power of baseball and the fraternity that it is. And that might sound a little corny, but each year when we meet at sort of your place and 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 we're able to uh, rub shoulders and tell stories and a few lies with guys that we played with and against, coached with and against, it reminds us of what the game is all about and and how pure it is, and and it, it makes me and I'm sure it makes you love it even more to be able to experience that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, Jody, we're going to go back to 1977. You talked about that Dizzy Dean team. You know, we both came up over at South Alabama playing baseball in, in, in the leagues, in the, in the Dizzy Dean leagues, junior and senior, and Dixie boys and such like that. On You were playing on Jaguar Field, and I was playing on – I was 14. I was seven in 1977. You played on a great team. Y'all had 
uh, Jerry Powell and Leo Smith and Jimmy Young, and y'all were just loaded up with some great players. Y'all won that World Series in Columbus, Mississippi. I still got the program. But, but anyway, that's when I saw Jody Daniels. And, and I used to compare Jody Daniels to Ronnie Wright. And I know you, we all remember Ronnie, but Ron, yourself and Ronnie were built about the same way. When I say built, y'all were built like brick houses, big thighs, big arms, big necks, and y'all were ripping the ball out of the park. And here I was, this scrawny old guy. I had a thin mustache, a little goatee at 14, and all that kind of stuff. And I said, man, I want to be like those guys. Man, can I get that big? And, and I never did, but I followed both of your, your careers, and God bless the soul of Ronnie Wright. But you know how, how strong and, and, and stout he was back then. But, but you were a real player. And, and, and when you went, went at Davis and you, you had that opportunity to play for Coach Powell, and, and he, was in, he was in his prime before he won those two state championships back-to-back, 79 and 80, which here we got a, a coach that won three back-to-back in 2010, 2011, 12. And, and, and we're talking about a coach that was the first player to ever – I mean, first coach – to ever win back-to-backs from this area. And and we played against him over at Shaw, and I, I used to give Coach Powell as much heck as I could give him, just like I did all those Davidson Warriors. <laughs> we had some wars, man. and and But, but you know, going back uh, just a few years ago, you were inducted to the Davidson Hall of Fame. And, and I'm going to name these players for the sake of the listeners. Listeners out there, we're talking with Jody Daniels, former Davidson player, uh, Davidson baseball coach in 1983-84, and we got Tom, Tommy Walker in the house and Joe Connick in the house. But but uh, th- those players back then that you went into that Hall of Fame with were some awesome guys. Kevin Olis was one. Uh, Frank Rollins. Keith Moeller, who you mentioned earlier, 39 career home runs at South. I mean, he used to knock them out of the park. And Keith Levin. Y'all all went in at the same time, and Coach Powell was the speaker. And, and, and I, I was not able to do, you know, to make it to the presentation, but I put together some stuff on Facebook, and I loved every minute of going back through those yearbooks and, and studying what you guys did. And, and that was a complete honor for you guys. And then y'all went on to play with each other, you and Keith Levins and Keith Moeller at South, and, and that had to be a joy for, for all three of you to, to extend your baseball career, playing for one of the greatest coaches ever that brought – that just – instilled what Mobile already had in, in baseball, but just took the collegiate side onto a national powerhouse. And y'all were. I mean, you really were. Some of the players you were able to play with in that 79 to 81 uh, frame was, 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 was great for Coach Crawford and Coach Stanky. But, uh, no doubt. Thank you for mentioning those, those guys. It was incredible, you know, our senior year in 76, and don't let me be long-winded here. No, you're fine. Have, like Keith Muller, Keith Levins, Frank Rollins. But don't forget, and I know you didn't because you mentioned him, Kevin Hollis. Kevin went on to be, you know, Alabama High School State Basketball Player of the Year, but was an incredible baseball player uh, and went into the Hall of Fame at Spring Hill. He, um, he, he was not only one of my longest and greatest friends, what an incredible talent that he was. And all of those guys and um, during that season led us to great success. But they were to be able to play with those guys and against them, um, 
in college at the, at the Division One level was was just stellar. It was fantastic. And by the way, just so you know, we have a we have a, a group text thing with all of those guys, and uh, they're listening and they appreciate what you do, Joey Warner, for baseball. They all do, and we all do. So thank you uh, for what you do, my friend. Well, I appreciate that, and it's it's for all of us, and and it's it's it. it what Jody's talking about is my Mobile Baseball Connection Facebook page, and and I, what I try to do, Jody, is just pull pull out stuff from the past that, that that we can all remember about the history of baseball in Mobile because we're all blessed to be coming up in this and 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 to remember these things and and you know we're not none of us are getting any younger and and those were there's been great players come through and I mean we go back to we can go back to Satchel Page and Hank Aaron and Willie McCovey and Billy Williams and and Ozzie Smith you know Cleon Jones Tommy Agee Amos Otis the Bowling Brothers Joe Sewell Joe Joe the the Sewell, Sewell brothers were uh, you couldn't strike them out but either way <laughs> um Jody the, the things that 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 you have done you know with those guys that you that you're mentioning at Davidson High School, which was the foundation, and Coach Powell. We'll never be able to say enough about Coach Powell. And I can't wait to get him on here. I want to get, like, himself and Mike Goff and Dana Williams, who I played against. But but going back to uh, Kevin Aulis, or Aulis, Aulis, I've always had trouble with that. I remember, I don't know if you remember, you talked about the bullpen catcher earlier, uh, and that rang a bell with me because my senior year in 1981, you and uh, – half of the best players in Mobile played for a team called McDuffie Construction down in the Gulf Coast League. And Coach Mack was one of the coaches. And he he told me, he said, Joey, you want to be my bullpen catcher. So when you were getting your gear on, I was running out there and, and catching. I did get to play a little bit. Got up there, won the bat, and I got me a base hit, man. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Kevin Olis. I watched him, and he was about six five, six six. I said, you know, I knew he was a base, basketball player. I've been, you know, following him for years in his basketball career at Davidson, and I think he played at Spring Hill. Did, did, did he sure did. He played at PJC and and then Spring Hill. Okay. Sure did. But but I saw him hit the first time. You know, sometimes when you see somebody hit for the first time, you say that guy can hit because right. the, the the ball just kind of, you know, it just it does something different. I and mean, the, the the ball off the bat has that particular sound well i saw kevin i said man this six foot five basketball player just ripped one about 300 feet but it didn't come four five six feet off the ground i said man this guy can play some baseball so i'm glad you mentioned that about him being the baseball player he was because he definitely was and you know some of the other players that was on that roster Jack Tillman, he didn't come all the time. Coach Powell was on that <laughs> roster. Norwood Hill, a guy named Mike Clayman, the Leo and Clay Smith, uh, Mike Shirley, Greg Morgan. Uh, uh, oh shoot, it goes on and on. Edgar Williams, I remember them all, man. Because like like Coach Tommy Walker said earlier, you know that, that on some of the teams that he played for, and I think we've all experienced this that that we may not have got to play. And that's why one of the reasons why I gave up on baseball because I just I, I didn't observe the way I should and went into coaching or anything like that. I, but I was observing. I just didn't really know it. I wasn't observing the way that the, these guys did and went into coaching and yourself. But uh, that's what catchers do, you know, because we're thinkers. And you know, I I I, I don't want to 
say much about the about what's going on in the catching position today, but it's so much different than it was the way that I was taught, the way that we were taught. But but that's that's just something something uh, that's another subject. But but um, I got Joe Connick here. Joe. Well, that, that's what I wanted to ask you about. I thought since we're all here and we're all catchers. Why why can't we talk about the catching position right now? I mean, well, Coach Walker, you're sitting over there. Surely you have a characteristic of what you think catchers should be like. You know, I mean, how has it changed from maybe how you were taught to catch to how Coach Daniels was called, how, you know, how we were all taught to catch? How has today's modern catcher changed for the better or for the worse? What do you think? Well, they all go to the knee now, which I kind of like, believe it or not. Um a lot of them do the one need stuff, but, but catching is still about toughness. It's still about toughness. They're the toughest guys on the field. They still call it the tools of ignorance. They don't charge them out when they get hit by a pitch. They're still it's, – it's, it's not a whole lot different. You better get your toughest kid, and he better be behind the plate. Simple as that. Still today. The ball still comes off the bat. I mean, it comes off the bat and comes into their, their – they're, they're putting that thigh out there, you know, a little bit more more often than they need to, but but then again, that's that's when I when I say hesitant to talk about it, Joe, because you never know what the philosophy is about people that are still in the game, and 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 me who doesn't really have the background, but I've got the voice to to stir some stuff up. I'm not Paul Feinbaum, I'm not. <laughs> you know, but but the thing is, is I I I like to see a catcher like say Jake Peavy, for instance. Uh, on one of his MLB Network shows, they talk about he talks about what he sees in catchers. Okay. And 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 he talked about and, and what the catcher meant to him on the mound. Right. And every time I watch that, you know, the catchers are it's about setting up, you know, right. location. Right. And 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 they just move around back there. And 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 the thing about what what one of the reasons I. Going to the knee thing is that they say they go to the knee to give the umpire a better look. That's one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, I was five foot seven, 155 pounds. Mm-hmm. I could get as low as anybody. Right. So, in fact, Terry Curtis, Norwood Hill, uh, Tim Dees, when, when they were umpiring behind me, you know, in fact, uh, Coach Curtis used to have to say, stay down, stay down, because I was just – he gave me the definition of a live wire because right. I wouldn't slow down back there. I don't see it. But 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 the thing is, is and I, I, I like to see the – I like to see the Carlton Fist type, the Gary Carter type, the Johnny Bench, the Thurman Munson, the ones that were sitting back there. Yeah. And, you know, but then, then you had your Tony Pena's that had that rifle arm that could lay down practically back right. there. Right. Benito San, Santiago, the same type. Yvonne Rodriguez, you know those are great catchers, right. and but but in today's world, it's 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 a, it's to me it's different. It's yeah. different, but but still, like Tommy says, it's the toughest man on the field, right. and he is the field leader. And 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 they they actually call the game. A lot of pitchers, you know, they they play games with you know, you know, taking them, you know. Well, they got all kinds of technology. Yeah, now. they do. They do. Yeah, but um. With, with that, you know, that's, it's a great subject, you know, and it's a great subject. Um, this, we got a couple more minutes, Jody, and let's go back and talk about when you were at South Alabama. You, you had the stanky secret, what was it, the stanky, stanky <laughs> secret weapon? 
<laughs> Come on, man. This yeah, is going to be a great well, story. Don't, don't you let better me be sitting here, down for this one, man. Here we go. Yeah. It, this is a true story, and this actually has happened to someone else, too, uh, in Mark Johnson, the great Mark Johnson. I've heard him, I heard him tell this story many years ago, and others have, too. But this happened to me in 1981, which is my senior year at, at South Alabama. In the beginning of the year, I had not broken into the lineup. I was more of an offensive threat than I was a defensive threat. Uh, I had guys at Division One level uh, as a catcher who, uh, honestly, were, were better than, than, than me defensively. But... I could still hold my own offensively. So as as you know, the saying goes, if you can hit, you can play. And so uh, every time I was inserted in the lineup, I, I took advantage of it during the first half of the season. Well, I had a two week span uh, during 1981 where I, you know, I couldn't miss. You know, I, I was getting a hit or two or three um, every game, and I was uh, I had a couple of moments like uh, we were playing Auburn, um, and we were. We were tied in the 12th inning. I was not in the lineup, but I was brought in by Coach Stanky. 12th inning, first pitch from Mark Schutzelet, who, uh, who actually I think the next year or the year after was minor league pitcher of the year, threw me a fastball, and I took it out of the park down the third baseline, way over the fence. I just got all of it, went right over the pole, and they called it foul. <laughs> okay, so. Now, Snanky came out. He argued it. You know, we all argued it. With that said, uh, a couple of pitches later, I got another fastball and took it to the fence, uh, left center field wall, and scored the run, the, the winning run in the 12th inning. So, with that said, um, you know, that was a couple of really good weeks for me. I felt like I'd earned my way into the lineup, and I was looking forward to playing Spring Hill, I think, the following weekend because my good friend, childhood friend, one of my best friends, Kevin Hollis, was playing for Spring Hill. So my family was going to be there. His family was going to be there. Well, lo and behold, that Saturday when we're playing Spring Hill, I go and I look at the lineup that's posted early, and not only am I not in the lineup, I'm not even in the bullpen. I'm not listed on Stanky's, you know, you know, um, roster to play that day. I'm not even in the bullpen. It's like I'm not even there. So I'm pouting, you know, <laughs> as, as all baseball players do. I'm in the bullpen, and our old friend Ricky Patterson looks at me and says, Jody, what's the deal? What's wrong with you? And I said, well, Rick, you really want to know because I'm going to tell you, okay? I've had a couple of good good weeks. Of, in fact, they've been the best, best weeks of my career, a couple of game-winning hits, game when he hit, hit against Auburn, you know, two nights ago, you know, and I'm looking forward to playing Spring Hill, you know, our hometown rival, and I'm not even, not only am I not in the lineup, I'm, I'm not in the bullpen. What's the deal? He says, well, Jody, let's go ask him. <laughs> and, I, and I said, ask who? He said, Coach, thank you. I said, well, no, Rick. I mean, we don't have to do that. You know, um, I, I, I can. We can talk to him. He said, no, 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 no. He said, let's come on, let's go. Well, you know, I'm, I said, okay. Now I'm worried to death. We're running from the bullpen to the dugout. We're going to confront Coach Stanky, and I don't know. My world's coming to an end at that point. Okay, my career and everything. What am I going to say to Coach Stanky? We go into the dugout, Coach Stanky standing there with his sunglasses on. Ricky says, Coach Stanky, Daniel's here, has a problem, with, and he wants to know why he's not in the lineup today. 
He said, what's the deal? He said he's had a couple of good weeks, had to, got the game-winning hit against Auburn the other night in the 12th inning. He, you know, he just wants to know what's going on. And I am sweating bullets, guys. I don't know what's getting ready to happen. And Coach Stanky, you know, tells him to come over here, points to the lineup, goes from the first batter down to the last with his finger, his crooked finger, by the way, all the way down to the bottom. At the bottom of the page, past the bullpen, are the initials in bold letters SW. And he says, do you know what that is, Daniels? I said, it says SW, because he said, that's right, Daniels. Secret weapon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, you know, that took some courage. You know, because I'm visualizing you and Joe, you and, Ricky Patterson, you like you said, Ricky's feisty, and and I can just visualize y'all in the bullpen and you unload and saying, you know, this is way, this is how I feel, and then and then here you go, I can visualize y'all running to that dugout, and I, I never knew Coach Stanky. I wish I would have been able to meet him and play for him and just know him as a person, as a and as a coach as well. But but uh, that had to be an incredible moment, incredible memory, and you've told that story out at Joe's gatherings and it's it's been just a cool thing but it's on the top five list yeah for sure <laughs> but you know uh you know mention some of those south alabama players you know i mentioned the guys you know, you know earlier that played for davidson you know you had rich kearns and and uh, a buddy of mine that i played ball with uh jeff doggett and ron pelletier you mentioned ron earlier and and just just going back to the the people that came underneath Coach Stanky, Mike Jacobs, Leon Druckenmiller, Alex Pastor, Jody Daniels, Rich Kearns. It, it goes on and on, and then back into the early 70s. He just did wonders for, for Mobile. I mentioned that earlier, but from 1969 to 1983, we were so blessed to have Eddie Stanky coaching at the University of South Alabama. And then Steve Kitchell done a wonderful job coming behind him. And, hey, we're, what we need to do, Jody and Coach Walker, now that he's back, with us you know he's been with us the whole time but he's he's in, he's he's under that helm over at spanish fort now i think we got to make we, him an official mobilian slash baldwin county guy eastern shore he's adopted man just come on over from mississippi <laughs> you're with us now coach but we we need to congregate more jody and joe and, and coach walker we need to congregate more out at south alabama this year and try to see if we can help those those guys get back on the right track and they, they've got talent they've got a, a good program but it's when it's it's just hard to follow Stanky and Kittrell and, and and you know that you know that as well as anybody, Jody. No doubt about it. It is hard to follow those guys. You know the beauty of it is is back in the early days. When I say early days, the seventies, the, the when Ronnie Powell hit hit you know hit Davidson High School and and Steve Kittrell hit the high school scene. That was the Eddie Stanky introduction. You know that 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 Eddie Stanky style of baseball, and it has lingered and has been prolonged, and it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. And you know, it was funny for many years. I could I didn't even see pro players, pro teams doing some of the things: the two out, two strike lead, walking lead, the the gamble steal, the delays. All of those things I see now when I watch a baseball game on on the pro level. And in those days, it it, it was so introductory and so new, and so creative. 
it was a beautiful thing that Steve and, and, and Ronnie and, and, and certainly others um, brought, brought to, to uh, a lot of different young folks, young men, and it helped them to become better players. And it, and it actually improved the game, I think. Certainly it made Mobile. Mobile was a great baseball city to begin with, Mobile Baldwin County. But, boy, has it become more stellar now because of the influence of those guys. And I'm, 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 I'm a fan, no doubt. Well, your, your, your stanky secret weapon forever, and that is a cool thing. And, you know, uh, uh, we've been – Talking with Jody Daniels, Coach Tommy Walker, Joe Connick, Joey Warner. We're on the batter's box on WNSP now. Jody, I can't thank you enough for coming on and and, and talking with us about those those good old days of, of from from Azalea Road Middle School all the way to University of South Alabama. And you know, you, you were a coach out there in '83 and '84, and you were sandwiched in two great ones, Glenn Vickery and Danny Jennings. And I had to mention those guys because they 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 they're just two more that's done wonderful things for our baseball community. And uh, I, 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 I thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I think Joe wants to say a word or two to you. But, Jody, thank you for coming on, and we're going we're gonna to continue to, to talk to you and, and the rest of those guys from Davidson High School and the University of South Alabama as it goes. Hey, Coach, I just want to say – Joey Warner, I appreciate you, Joey Warner. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Look, man, well, I got you. You know I'm a big fan of Divine Intervention, and this is like I'm beside myself to be down here speaking with a guy that gave me a chance in the first place and built the foundation and uh, catching and playing the position and knowing how to play it, you know, hopefully. And then the guy who saw some old kid that drove up in his uh, piece of junk Subaru Subaru wagon from – Panama City Beach and had no money and uh, still gave him uh, to make it through Sanford University. So uh, I'm just beside myself. And this show tonight, Joey, it, like I said, it's got divine intervention written all over it. And uh, I, I humbly thank you for putting us all together. I really do. Well, I, I appreciate y'all coming in. And, and Jody, again, thank you for coming on. Coach Tommy Walker, with, with, with what I do for, for high school baseball, I won't even umpire varsity because I know so many of the coaches and I'm a right. I don't. If I'm a right about them and try to write, put good things about them, I don't want to rub elbows with them on the field, you know, the players or the coaches. But so, uh, but I want to wish you all the luck. And Joe and Jody want to wish you all the luck over at Spanish Fort. Oh, yeah. uh, you're going to do wonders for for that that coaching community over there in Baldwin County, and and there's there's great things happening here in Mobile County. Uh, hopefully, we can get the Davidsons and the Murphys and. And, and some of them back on track, and, and the Mobile Mobsters are working with the inner schools and, and uh, some of the great players that we have, Lance Johnson, Huey Lopez, Lopez and Tyrone Dixon. and Danny Carlson. All these guys, uh, we, we want great things for high school baseball. And, and, and so, again, thank you all, all for coming on. Mm -hmm. Jody, again, thank you. Coach Walker. Thank you, thank Joey. You. Thank you, Joe. Joe. Oh, yeah, and, brother. Hey, uh, Nick, Nick Wiggins, our, our producer, uh, thank you, buddy. You and uh, Michael Bronner do a great job. We follow Corey LeBounty when we do our live show. But uh, tune in to WNSP Now, the batter's box. Go to Mobile Baseball Connection and find that smorgasbord of baseball. And you never know what you're going to get. But what we're going to do right now, we're signing out.